They told me I use my mouth good. So I started a podcast. Welcome to Iconosass. I'm going to be doing a solo episode this time. I just wanted to give everyone who listens a bit of an update on what I've been doing the past few months because I know I've kind of dropped off the radar. So what's been happening is there's been some kind of weird stuff coming up for me related to some of the things that happened last year that I podcasted on, specifically my brother's passing. There's just been a lot of, I guess, losing track of time and struggling with some of the emotions that have kind of come up surrounding that event. And I kind of have a bit of a delayed response to some things just because of the PTSD that I've been struggling with in my life. And that tends to manifest in losing track of large chunks of time. And when I'm under a lot of stress, I tend to lose track of these long periods of time. And also, I have been dealing with dissociative episodes, which if you're unfamiliar with that, it is when you feel like you are not in a place that is usually familiar to you sometimes. And it can manifest in kind of different ways. So for me, it's like a sense of not being able to feel like I'm in my body like I've or in the environment that I'm definitely in. It's almost a feeling instead of the it's almost the opposite of deja vu, where with deja vu, you feel like you've been somewhere before. This is kind of the opposite, where you're in a familiar place and you feel like you've never been there before. And this has happened throughout most of my life, um, but these episodes kind of have been intensifying lately. And so what I've done is I've gone back into therapy and I've been trying to kind of correct some of these issues and sort myself out. <laughs> I have been reading Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Steps for Life and Antidote to Chaos. And I'll be doing kind of a longer book review on that as I read more of it. I've been taking a lot of notes because I'm also working on 
two different books right now, too. So while I have been kind of focused on my recovery and trying to get a little more stability in that area of my life, I have still been researching a lot and trying to work on other things, too. I haven't been traveling as much as I was thinking I was because I kind of have been taking advantage of a longer pit stop here in L.A. I think it's been really good for my health. I've been enjoying the sunshine and trying to get outside more, um, but I've also been stuck in my head a lot and kind of feeling stuck as far as what direction to go next. So, yeah, I'm doing this podcast because I wanted to just give people an update. I haven't forgotten <laughs> about the podcast or anything like that. I've just been really focusing on my own recovery. There's a lot of things that have happened that I've I've written about. All, all of that stuff is kind of on my Patreon or on my Medium page as far as uh, some of the other things that have kind of happened throughout my life. But there's a lot of things that I can't talk about that I can't really put out there publicly um, that have had a pretty drastic influence on, uh, I guess, I, you know, my general mental health. So I've written about this a lot. Clinical depression is something I've suffered with for a long time, and so is anxiety. And uh, when these two things kind of combine in the way that they do for me, I, I tend to kind of withdraw from things a bit. In some ways, that's healthy. In some ways, I need to withdraw from social media. Uh, that's not always a super healthy thing for me to be on all the time. You know, I need to get out into nature more. I need to be, you know, focusing more, reading more, uh, even listening to podcasts about self-love and stuff like that. I mean, I'm <laughs> admittedly, I can be a bit of an asshole about some of this stuff. And I I always find a grain of humor in everything. And I kind of like to, you know, make fun of stuff. But I, I hope people I, I think people who listen to myself know that, you know, I'm mostly joking. And I am very much supportive of types of therapy that, you know, work for people. However, it is that you know, they need help, including even if it's Jordan Peterson's book. You know, I don't disagree with everything in the book. I've been pretty vocally criticizing it. And a lot of people have been saying, oh, that's not really fair. Or like, you're not criticizing his points right. Or you just don't like him because he's a man or something like that. And I have legit criticisms of the book and of the mostly they're stylistic. And because the information's not really new. But I do just want to say, you know, and however people better their lives or do self-care, I'm okay with that. Different things work for different people. So I, I can't begrudge anyone else's recovery. So what type of treatments have I kind of been doing? What I've started on in the last couple of weeks is EMDR. This is a therapy I've known about for years now, and I've been wanting to do since my divorce because it did bring up a lot of really, um, really bizarre, I guess, mem intrusive memories and thoughts 
and I guess baggage, for lack of a better word, that I thought that I was over that I really wasn't. And I've just been spending a lot of time kind of reflecting on this and how, you know, the end of a relationship that I've gone through recently has kind of brought up some of these same realizations that I haven't done enough to really reprocess some of the traumatic things I've seen and gone through. So I've started EMDR. And what EMDR is, is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So this is a form of psychotherapy that basically uses eye movements or bilateral stimulation to help trauma victims process through distressing memories and beliefs. And the treatment I'm using is it's a form of bilateral stimulation where I have headphones on and there's a beep that will appear on one side, alternating sides back and forth while I'm holding two pods that are vibrating at the same time as that beep. And what that does is it's activating both sides of your brain and the therapist will go through a troubling memory um, as if you are a passenger on a train or as if you're in it. And basically the goal is to kind of almost dissociate from that memory. That's basically what you're doing. So if you already have dissociative episodes, it can increase those, which is something I've noticed too. I just started this treatment not too long ago. And after the first one I did, I felt like I was going to, I felt like I was barely in my body for the rest of the day and then had pretty vivid dreams that night. So it can kind of increase some of the side effects of PTSD. But it's really interesting because what it's doing is it's restructuring your brain. So you're bringing up a memory and you're walking through it with prompts from the therapist and you're basically gaining control over those emotions that you're feeling. And you're removing yourself from some of the extremely traumatic things by kind of stepping outside the memory and just observing it. And this is really useful because... If you're like me, um, intrusive thoughts from trauma can pop up at kind of random times and be really disturbing and vivid, and it can be difficult to manage the emotions around that. Or if I'm out in public, sometimes really weird things will kind of trigger me, whether it's like smells or like looks or just seeing seeing certain things. It, it's kind of hard to tell, and when you do get triggered, it's a really uncomfortable feeling. And EMDR kind of offers you some tools to help manage those emotions so they don't kind of completely put you down for the day. So I'm wanting to get better at this. And it's really fascinating. So far, I feel like it's been really helpful for being able to address a really traumatic memory and kind of lessen the impact that it has on my psyche. And I have, you know, some very good friends to thank for introducing me to this type of therapy. I had done cognitive behavioral therapy in the past, and I also found that to be really useful, just kind of having a lot of tools in my arsenal to kind of deal with some of these things that have bubbled up. Um, I tend to, some people repress their memories, I tend to fixate on them just because of the way my brain works. So it kind of is a really weird 
It'll like replay traumatic stuff almost like a really shitty movie. And it can be hard to get those thoughts out or it can be hard to not feel so disturbed by those thoughts. So I'm kind of rewiring my brain. I'm taking the power back <laughs> from my overactive nervous system, basically, because most of it's just nerves and like, you know, it, it can be very frustrating and, and overwhelming, really. I have been having to kind of accept that I've str I spread myself a little bit too thin and I was trying to move on from some of this traumatic stuff a little bit faster than I think my biology was ready for. And so I'm reconnecting more with my body and trying to figure out better ways to kind of manage some of these issues I've been experiencing. So as far as therapy goes, I, I think it's just something that's really beneficial for most people. I think it's hard to go through life without being traumatized to a degree. And our reactions to things, whether they're in relationships or in friendships with people or with our coworkers, sometimes bad reactions to things stem from other things that have happened to us in the past. And it's not necessarily a reflection of our total character. And I think this kind of hits the root of a lot of miscommunication people have with each other. I think a, there, not everyone has been traumatized. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say everyone's a victim and everyone needs to be in therapy. But I think most people could benefit from doing some type of therapy just to become a little more aware of how our reactions to things are colored by what we've already gone through and how we can kind of be aware of that and get better at controlling those emotions and also clarifying where they come from so that our, our relationships in general can be better. I am not a relationship expert. I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing. I'm not an expert in anything. <laughs> I don't like telling people how to live their lives. I have strong opinions about things, obviously. <laughs> I advocate for a lot of, I guess you could say, controversial topics. But when it comes to how individual people should live their lives, I mean, I don't really feel like I know any better than anyone else. I just know that I'm responsible for myself and I have to do the things that work for me and make the effort to become a better person. I, I'm trying to get better and better over time. And I... I really haven't been in a situation, it's been a long time at least, where I have lost track of such a huge chunk of time at once. So I'm experiencing weird time dilations, and and this is all kind of trauma-related too. When four months passed by recently, it felt like one or two months. And... That may be kind of hard for people to relate to, but it was a really bizarre thing that kind of happened. I was, I was very much kind of in my own head during this time, but also very kind of detached from my surroundings. And 
becoming more in touch with that is going to eventually make me have a better concept of time and where it's going and what and how I need to structure it and organize it. So I just wanted to give an update for what to expect for the next couple months. So I still plan on doing interviews and I'll be reaching out to people in this area to do more informative shows. And I still plan on traveling. I'm probably going to be out here for at least a little bit longer. I realized I needed to kind of slow down and take a little more time to get some actual therapy and work things out for myself. I think overall, that will be better and I will be able to have more consistency in the things that I'm creating. So... I'm st- I still plan on doing interviews. I'll- I still plan on doing a traveling podcast. So I'll still be going across the country. Right now, I am in Southern California. And in another few weeks, I will start the journey eastward. So I hope to be going through places like Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, um, all the way over. I'll probably be zigzagging a little bit once I get to Texas. I, I'll be going up to Missouri for a while. I want to hit some of those states in there. There's a lot of people that I really would like to see and spend time with. Part of my recovery has to include connecting with other people because I really isolated myself when I was living in Florida this last time. And while it was good for some things and it was maybe necessary for that period of time in my life, I'm feeling the need to get out and socialize more because even though I'm not the most extroverted person ever, I still like to be around people. I still need a kind of balance with things. I can be very introverted, but (laughs) staying in a farm in rural Florida is a little maybe too much isolation for me. (laughs) so and i've still been writing too i've been writing a lot more kind of personal stuff and poetry stuff which i know isn't my most popular content (laughs) it seems like the people who listen to podcasts that talk about controversial subjects or sometimes political subjects aren't probably the same people who like to read poetry (laughs) and vice versa so my audience is kind of uh split in that way. So it's kind of an interesting, I'm very grateful to the patrons I have, um, because I know I'm producing a lot of, you know, weird content. And it's somewhat, uh, you know, it's different from each other, it doesn't fit into a certain theme. And I'm okay with that. So I hope you I'm glad that people have stuck around, even though I've been kind of laying low for a while. I've been in hibernation mode a bit, I've kind of had to I do this from time to time. I like to be able to kind of disappear for a while. Although this last time, it wasn't super intentional. It was just, I uh, I found myself under a lot of stress, and I felt somewhat paralyzed from it. I was having a lot of problems with weird dreams and different intrusive thoughts that were coming up, and... That's no way to live. So I am, uh, you know, continuing to work on it and kind of seeing where things go from there. But I do feel more of a need to connect with people. And I do want to set some goals for this year, too. Some of you may be familiar with the Weaponized Vulnerability series that I put out last year. 
And I have other parts of it written that I haven't released yet. I might be doing those for patrons only. But I want to put those works into a collection along with some of my poetry and try to self-publish it. Hopefully later this year, I'll have it more assembled and kind of put out there. I'm also looking into ways to travel more internationally as well. I've kind of spoken about that a little bit before, and that's still on my mind. It's just a matter of figuring out logistics and figuring out how to afford it. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to. I've still been kind of working, but not out there as much. And, you know, kind of had a bit of a snag. I, I was expecting this. I knew that when I left Florida, I was still kind of in shock about my brother's passing and all of the things that were surrounding that traumatic event. And because I already know myself well enough to know that I have a delayed response to trauma, I knew that it might take a while to kind of feel more of a full impact with things. Even though I felt it very hard at the time, I left and I thought leaving would allow me to move on faster and kind of heal faster. And I'm just kind of realizing you can't really force a timeline of recovery. I'm a very impatient person when it comes to myself. I think that I'm pretty good at being patient with other people. But I have pretty high standards for myself. And I get frustrated when I am feeling like I can't meet them. So inevitably, what I was thinking would happen did happen, probably starting in like January or so, and it just kind of felt kind of all fell down and it, it manifested in me kind of becoming more reclusive and having, I guess, creative blocks too. I've been trying to figure out what to talk about on the podcast and what direction to take it in. And I'm getting a little better footing now. I'm starting to feel more like myself again, and I have to be patient with myself and accept that these things take time. I can't unpack everything that's happened to me within six months, because it's kind of been an onslaught. It's for the last four years since the divorce, it's been one major life change after the other every couple months. And so a lot of that is catching up with me, too. Like, it's not just about the most recent trauma I experienced with my brother, but it's about the things that were happening in my life before that that were really messed up and chaotic. So one another thing I'm kind of thinking through, and this is another book that I've been working on, and it's why I'm reading a lot of self-help stuff, by the way, if you have any self-help stuff that you want to send to me, send it to me. I'm, I'm in research mode right now because I've been thinking a lot about the idea of chaos. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to read Jordan Peterson's book. I don't necessarily agree with his definition of what chaos is. I don't necessarily agree that chaos is a bad thing to escape from. I think that when you've lived a life that has been chaotic despite your own actions 
it's been chaotic because of the external factors in your life, at some point you have you have to kind of accept the absurdity and chaos in the world. Instead of trying to find an antidote to chaos, I'm thinking of the idea of embracing it. And I have for a lot of my life. I mean, I, I it brings me more comfort to accept reality. Reality is chaos. We don't have control. We can have some control over ourselves and our reactions to things and the feelings we have, or at least managing the feelings around certain events. But ultimately, we're responsible for ourselves. And however we choose to navigate the chaos in the world is up to us. You can't really escape it. To try to escape it is to try to escape reality. There is no antidote to chaos. And that probably troubles a lot of people. I can understand why. I think if you've lived a relatively normal middle-class existence and you haven't experienced rapid onslaughts of chaos for extended periods of time, then... I guess maybe you don't have to like worry about some of this stuff or maybe it's going to be harder to understand or I think it's almost harder to cope with. Like if you've had a relatively, you know, easygoing life and you're you deal with a traumatic event, it does feel out of control and you want to get back to that kind of control that you had before that kind of peace and stability. I think we all crave peace and stability. I think there are a lot of us, including a lot of friends of mine, who haven't gotten a break at all when it comes to chaos in their lives. And so that coping mechanism of getting back to a peace and security that was never really there to begin with isn't a really workable solution for them or us. So how we deal with the kind of inherent chaos in the world requires different approaches for different people. I guess I find comfort in a lot of the things that trouble Jordan Peterson and the people who are seeking to rectify that kind of chaos in their lives. I, I understand it from a theoretical standpoint. Um, from a personal standpoint... I it's I guess it's harder for me to empathize with it. I sympathize with it, but it's hard for me to empathize with it because I don't I just don't have the experience of having lived a kind of normal life. I would say I've been a bit of an outlier in that sense. And in some in some ways I've chosen to live a very different life than other people. Some of these things, some of the chaos that is in my life, I accept that I have been responsible for. I've put myself in a place that is very different from a lot of people. I've chosen to not have a regular job. I've chosen, I I do have, I mean, I do freelance work, but I don't have a regular desk job anymore. I've chosen to take as many opportunities to travel as I can. And I'll be doing a lot of traveling coming up. I'll be going to Boston and Chicago and New Hampshire. Really looking forward to that. I've been doing a little bit of traveling here in California. I've gone down to San Diego and up to San Francisco. And 
I have to say it's really beautiful being out here. It's it's also very hard to leave the socialist paradise of California. <laughs> it has a lot of things that really feed my soul. And I've been taking advantage of that, just realizing that I need to be able to see the sunlight and have access to it on a almost daily basis has been a really important part of my recovery. And, you know, I, I hope people have a place like that. And that's another reason I'm excited about the road trip is I want to see other people's homes. You know, I want to see what brings other people kind of comfort, like what they love about their cities. So I'll be visiting some major cities, but I'll also be visiting smaller cities and, you know, taking time to catch up with people and hear their stories and hear about, you know, why they love the place that they're at. I'm really looking for a place that I absolutely love. Right now, California has been that place. It's been really helpful for me. But I also know that there are so many other opportunities out there. So I need to explore those. And still what feels most at home to me is being in my car. It, it always has. My being able to have a vehicle and uh, use it to go anywhere I want to has always been a huge source of freedom in my life. And it's been a way I've exercised my autonomy since I first had a vehicle. So I think I'll always have that sense of peace from traveling, whether it's on a road trip or even by plane or anything like that. I also am one of those crazy people who loves airports. Like, I don't like the whole TSA security crap. But, I mean, I just love, like, being in an airport makes me feel excited because I'm like, oh, I'm going to a new place. You know, like I'm, it has good associations for me. So it's like, oh, yes, I'm, you know, I'm on an adventure. I'm going to a new place. Anything could happen. There's so much potential. There's so many possibilities. And that's also really useful for my recovery is just knowing that there are possibilities because so often I get stuck in a spiral of thinking that, like, what am I doing with my life? I think everyone has this question, like, what am I doing with my life? Am I really happy? Am I happy or am I productive? And productive is a word <laughs> I have a lot of mixed feelings about. There's a lot of ways I could be more productive, but would I necessarily be happier? What is happier? Right now, I have to take happiness in the small bursts that it comes in. And I do. I think living in a really dark cloud of clinical depression in some ways makes you more appreciative for those little bursts of happiness that you get in your life. I need very little to be entertained and be happy. I need very little to feel safe and secure. And that's because I've had a lot of instability. And I think it's good to be aware of that. And I'm really looking forward to bringing that happiness to other people, too. I will always be a daydreamer, and I'll always be someone who's kind of thinking ahead of, like, what's possible? Like, what's possible in the future? What's next? It's why I've been so fascinated by decentralized technologies and philosophy and you know, like things like transhumanism and futurism and stuff like that. Like, 
the path that humanity is on could go in so many different directions. And I think they're all very interesting and worth observing. And there is a lot of positive things to be grateful for. It's easy to get stuck following the news cycle and thinking that everything's going to hell. And maybe it is. Maybe things are getting more chaotic and maybe that's okay. Maybe we just have to learn to live with chaos and be at peace with it rather than trying to escape it. I know that I can't escape my own mind sometimes, even with all the tools that I have. I know it's hard for people to escape something like clinical depression. Something I found useful is having a sense of humor about things and the insight that something like depression gives to the kind of everyday occurrences of life. I think the best way to describe what's going through my head when I'm in a really bad phase of depression is like a soundtrack playing in my head constantly, calling me a stupid piece of shit. And if any of you are familiar with BoJack Horseman, there's a whole episode about this. It's literally called Stupid Piece of Shit. And it does a perfect job of showing what depression sounds like. Even though BoJack's problems, the main character, are caused by his own assholeness, basically. <laughs> the monologue, or the, di- the basically, yeah, the, the monologue that's kind of playing in his head is his voice just calling him a stupid piece of shit and saying he's incompetent over and over and over again. And that's really what it feels like. It's a very accurate depiction. And I have to figure out a way to kind of turn the volume down on that or challenge it in some ways. And I've found challenging it with humor to be really effective. Or I've also found leaning into it a little bit in certain situations to be helpful. I've found that my depression kind of makes me have a humorous view of some situations. Like I'm able to find something funny in just about anything. And that's what I kind of cling to. So you all know I'm salty as fuck. (laughs) And despite the problems that uh, my condition kind of has caused me in some areas of my life I think it's it's somewhat enhanced other areas and I know it's kind of weird it's kind of weird to say like hey I'm I'm kind of grateful for my depression <laughs> I, I think probably the biggest benefit is it's allowed me to appreciate the people who have shown me, like, unconditional love in my life and support, too. Because when you don't feel like you're worthy of support, not only is it, like, hard to ask for help, but it's, um... You just don't really feel like you deserve it. So... It has been helpful kind of challenging some of the what's become the default settings of my brain. I I don't believe necessarily 
there are inherent default settings to your brain. I think you can rewire it and change it in different ways. Um, I say default, meaning that's how it's been for like as long as I can remember, but I don't think it is impossible to change. So yeah, I'm figuring out, figuring out ways to embrace chaos, embrace finding the silver lining of meaninglessness. Because I think understanding that everything is meaningless from a kind of existential standpoint is liberating more than it is depressing. And that may sound counterintuitive. Some people might be like, oh, well, if nothing is meaningless, then why even live? And it's not really the way I think of meaninglessness. I think of meaninglessness as in, oh, all of these traditional norms that we've been raised with can be challenged and questioned, and they're meaningless. You can live your life any way you want to because you don't have to adhere to the standards of what other people determine is meaningful. You get to create your own standard of what is meaningful to you. It's not meaningful to me to conform to someone else's view of what makes them happy. I have to seek out happiness where I can find it and in kind of small ways and hold on to those like small bursts of happiness or value that I find or meaning that I find. And I've had to do a lot of thinking on this. I've had to really think about the type of life that I want to live and why I felt so uneasy at other points in my life. And really what it came down to was I was letting other people determine what was meaningful to me instead of seeking it out for myself. And this was causing a friction within me that I could recognize but couldn't pinpoint the cause of until later, until I reevaluated everything in my life. And when I say everything, I mean literally everything, every part of my life I had to go through and think deeply about and like reevaluate and say, like, is this what I want to be doing? Is this the life I want to be living? If it isn't, what is? And maybe I don't have an answer for what is just yet. But I do have an answer for what isn't and what I'm not. As far as where that road leads, well, I'm just taking things as a big adventure right now. And I'm just hoping to share what I'm learning with others. And hopefully people find that cool and interesting. I've had to unpack a lot of bullshit in my brain. There's a lot of things that I used to write about and talk about that I don't believe in anymore. That I've even completely renounced. I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast are following me from certain areas of, whether it's political ideologies or things like that, they're following me from knowing me when I was very active in those worlds and maybe expecting more of that content. And it's hard for me to pretend to care about the things I used to care about. 
It's not that like I never cared about them. It's that I really deeply did. But now I have other priorities in my life. I have uh, different ways of thinking about the world. And I always love being, I love being wrong. I love being challenged on my bullshit. I love being challenged on whatever I'm believing. And so that's a lot of this podcast. I, I want it to be a place where I can challenge my own thinking on things and other people can challenge my thinking on things and I can just kind of learn more about the world. I'm constantly fascinated by how people live different lifestyles and how they make it in this kind of chaotic, weird place. There's so many ways you could live life that don't conform to a traditional view of what stability is. And that's not to knock what stability is for some people. Like Stability sometimes looks like finding a, par a life partner, settling down, buying a house, having kids, you know, raising them, sending them to college, that whole thing. Like, I think that makes a lot of people happy. I also think I'm the type of person that can't be happy living that life. I was on track to live that life, and I was miserable. Have I been miserable since in other variations? Of course, but I guess I'd rather explore the the dangerous and unknown than just accept what is comfortable for seemingly a large amount of people. I guess I, I'm stubborn in that way. I have to figure out things on my own. I have to do things for myself. And in some ways, I feel a little late to the game. Like, I feel like I'm almost living life in reverse. Because I think at the age I'm at now, a lot of my friends are now, you know, more in a settling down phase. And they're looking for, you know, more lifelong partners and getting married and starting families and things like that. And I was kind of doing that a few years ago. Not so much the starting families part. I mean, although that was something that was talked about a lot. And I feel like I, I'm now getting to live the part of my life that I should have when I was like settled in to a kind of married lifestyle. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Um, but I'm glad I kind of figured this out when I did. I just want to thank everyone for bearing with me through through these pretty drastic changes. I know I used to be extremely outspoken about some political things, and I still am outspoken about some political things. I think I'm always going to have solid stances that I'm not going to budge from, regardless of whatever label I use to describe my beliefs. There are some things that I am not going to compromise on, but I try to remain as flexible as possible and change my mind when new and better information is pre presented to me. And so moving forward from this, I will still be doing more interviews. I'll be doing a more extensive review of Jordan Peterson's book, and I'll be kind of exploring the ways chaos can serve me and other people instead of running from it, instead of trying to find an antidote to it.
because I'm not sure it's a sickness that needs an antidote. And that's my update for the podcast. I'm trying to keep this short and sweet. I appreciate everyone for sticking by me. And I my next inter, my next podcast will likely be an interview. And I will still be doing more writing stuff. Stay tuned for a uh, book that I'll be self-publishing. I'm working on two books right now. That's also been part of the reclusiveness, too. So I wanted to get something out there just to say, yep, I'm still alive. <laughs> I haven't gone anywhere. I've just been hibernating. And so you'll be seeing more adventures from me. I will probably be trying to do some of these Patreon live stream type things, too. I'd really like to connect with people more and... Yeah, looking forward to doing more EMDR, too. I might do some maybe solo podcasts on that, on different things that I'm realizing and different patterns I'm trying to break. And we'll see where that all goes. I'm very grateful to the people who've allowed me to crash on their couches or, you know, stay in their spare rooms and, you know, just sit and feed me and... <laughs> take care of me and all of that it's been uh extremely touching and i am looking forward to sharing my skills with people too as i kind of travel across this this wild country called the united states and meet different people and cook for them and share our stories and you know I guess just be human. <laughs> <laughs>